the Broken Twig Podcast with your hosts, Nobs and Hirsty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the We Hate Roger Goodell podcast. Okay, I'm just kidding. And it's a broken twig podcast. Everybody, I hope you love us. If you're listening to this, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, we're OnlyFans, whatever. All right, and now let's get right into the episode. Hirsty, how you doing? Mm, what's up, nobs? Well, uh... un- un- no, not really much, like, American Thanksgiving, but I don't live in America, so it wasn't really that big of an event for me, the only reason. Like, I look forward to to American Thanksgiving, but that's just because of football and Black Friday. That's really all. Same. Not much football to look forward to this year, though. Yeah, because every football game gets canceled, and the top players get out because of COVID, but yeah. And all the, the really amazing teams like the Lions and the Cowboys get to play on Thanksgiving every year. Hey, well, actually, that Lions-Texans game was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we should get back to our hockey news and our hockey podcast. Eh, I think it's fine. So, what did you think of that Bachelorette episode last night? Were you really surprised when Pauline decided to go his act? Instead of Cody. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who any of those people are. Me neither. I made those names up. Zach and Cody is just like that TV show, you know? I do not. Well, I never watched it either, but I've heard about it on the internet. It's called like the sweet life of Zach and Cody and stuff. But yeah, never watched it. But I just saw Zach because like Zach sounds like the name of someone that would be on The Bachelorette, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm a business manager, and I like to do business. What about you? <laughs> Reggie on The Bachelorette? I don't know. I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's quite possibly the dumbest show ever. <laughs> like, well, I... let's go on an island, and then you get to en- get engaged to someone that you've met for three months that you've known for three months on a reality show, and you're probably going to break up in five months and leave an emotional hole in each other's hearts. Yeah! That's not nearly as dumb as 90 Day Fiancé, though. Okay, that's true. I don't watch 90 Day Fiancé, but, like, yeah, that, that... I did not watch it, but the concept of it sounds pretty horrible. It really does. All shows like that, like, all dating shows are so dumb. Yeah, I don't know how they work out. Like, I can understand how they get ratings and stuff, but it would yeah. turn into a disaster. Can they not be seen? Yeah. Like, I cannot imagine someone ha- getting a healthy relationship off of a show like that. I, like, I I want to see statistics of, of how many of those relationships last for more than two years. Like, I want to see. And I hope to God that they aren't making any kids, because if you're going on a dating show, you're not exactly the 
smartest person, you know? And no offense to if any of our listeners have ever been on dating shows. We're sure you're very smart because you're listening to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is one who may be visiting something like that or who might be watching more TV now is uh, Donnie Boychuk because after an eye injury, he had to forcibly retire just a few days ago. Great segue, Hirsty. Great segue. You should win like a that. That was a, truly a masterpiece. Truly a masterpiece. But yeah, let's talk about. I deserve a music award. You definitely do. Nominations for the weekend. You might as well give them to me with all the crap you gave it to. Exactly, like the weekend not even being nominated. <laughs> but yeah, so Johnny Boychek retired from an eye injury. But what I find kind of fishy is that he played in the playoffs with said eye injury. And I didn't really watch the Islanders because who wants, because if you have the choice between watching the Golden Knights and the Islanders, are you really going to watch the Islanders? But like, I assume he was pretty good in those games. If you have the chance of watching a 15-year-old team of soccer players play another 15-year-old team of soccer players on TV, I'm watching that over an Islanders game, and I don't like watching soccer. Yeah, that that is true, but... Islanders hockey is about as exciting as watching paint dry. Except not... Except paint... Watching paint dry doesn't feel like it takes 10 hours long. That's true. Though, you know, I was just... I, I was just on John... He boy checks elite prospects page. I didn't even know it's like just for this. He he is the uncle by marriage of John Quenville, who and um John and David Quenville, who are both NHL prospects. And I did not even know that. Well, I did not know that either. You yeah, John Quenville, first round pick of the Blackhawks, and he's supposed to play for them this year. Like David Quenville, he's also an NHL prospect. I like I did not know that. Like, it's so weird how there's just... I did not know they were related to... Uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of, like, NHL players that are just related, and you don't even realize it. Like, Alexander True on the Sharks is actually Nikolai Ehlers' cousin. What? Yeah, I know. It's actually true. pulling shit out of your ass. No, it actually is. Like, you can search it up. Like, go to Alexander True's Elite Prospects page. It'll say, Cousins Nikolai Ehlers. Search it out. Ever. I know. Like next thing I'm gonna be telling me that Austin Matthews is actually Wayne Gretzky's fourth cousin in law by marriage. No, you're gonna be telling me Austin Matthews is Scott Sabrin's third cousin. <laughs> that, that one would that be awesome. That would be very awesome. Hey Toronto Marley Scott Sabrin, that is. Yeah. I always forget. Like, I always forget that the Leaf signed him because he's kind of forgettable and he's definitely not even going to play for them. It's like, hey, like, it was kind of funny when they first signed him. And it's like, hey, the Leaf signed Scott Sombrin. Like, remember that? When everyone was yeah. finding it hilariously funny and making very funny and jokes on about it. And then it died about a day because Scott Sombrin, now that even though he's playing with the Leafs, he still is a career ageller. That's nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. He played for Ottawa, but that's basically an AHL team. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, so back to the topic. Kind of disrespectful calling Marcus Hogberg an AHL goalie. That guy's the Wayne Gretzky of all goalies. Yeah, Marcus Hogberg, NHL legend. Marcus Hogberg could raise the puck higher than Gretzky. Probably could, because Gretzky couldn't raise the puck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Johnny Boychuk. Well, I think that we all know what really caused this. Lou Lamorello, his cap hit. He had like a pretty bad contract. It's like five million. It's just an excuse to get him on LTIR. Lou did it all the time when he was with the Leafs. So, yeah. Now, frankly, I'm not. I'm surprised he didn't find a way to double it, considering Lou is very bad with contracts. Hey, he's bad. He's bad at signing contracts, but he's yeah. good at forcing people to go on LTIR because their contract sucks. Because he signed them to a shitty contract. Uh huh. Joffrey Lupul, Johnny Boychuk. List goes on. Nathan Horden. Mm-hmm. David Clarkson. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, because Johnny Boychuk was set to make $6 million this year. And if you are curious, though he's an offensive defenseman, last year he put up all of two goals and, a, and nine assists in 64 games. But remember, he did play in three playoff games, even though his eye injury was supposedly sustained before the playoffs. And in an interview, he said that before the playoffs, he said he was feeling fine. Then he couldn't really even notice the injury. Well, maybe he noticed it more now. After Lou Lamorello yeah. tells him that it's an injury. <laughs> After Lou Lamorello stabs him in the eye. Bang, boom, bada boom. You have an eye injury. Bang, boom, bada boom. Is that how you stab someone in the eye? Uh, uh, well, I'm just trying to... Uh, well, I totally haven't ever stabbed someone in the eye before. So, like, uh, yeah, I think that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Sounds legit. Sounds, it sounds very legit. So, uh, now we know why he was so confident that he'd be able to pay off Barzell's contract. Yeah. Next, he, next we're going to find out that, um, that Anders Lee has suddenly decided that he doesn't like money and is going to renounce his contract to now make $50,000 a year. Yeah, Anders Lee's going to go to the hospital of a heart attack. After Lou Limarello forces him to. Yeah. That's just the Lou Limarello. Lou Limarello. Noted most overrated GM of all in all of sports. Like, he does have a Stanley Cup one, but he's really gone and he's well, really bad at top management. In the NHL, Stanley Cup wins last for 30 years, so that makes sense. Yeah. He won a Stanley Cup 12 years ago as the fourth in line GM. As the uh, no, actually, if you won a Stanley Cup 12 years ago when you were the coffee boy for an NHL team, all of a sudden you're the greatest executive to ever live, and everyone wants to hire you. Yeah, here are some of Lula Morello's notable highlight deals with the New York Islanders Anders Lee making seven million until 2026, Brock Nelson. Making six million until twenty twenty five. Jordan Everly making five point five million until twenty twenty four. That one's not as bad, but still a bit of an overpay. 
Andrew Ladd making $5.5 million until 2023. Josh Bailey making $5 million until 2024. That one, again, not as bad, but it's a bit bad. John Gabriel Pajot making $5 million until 2026. Kyle Clutterbuck making $3.5 million until 2022. Casey Sezekis making $3.3 million until 2021. Leo Komarov making $3 million until 2022. Uh, let's see. Any other bad ones? Huh? Nick Letty making $5.5 million until 2022. Thomas Hickey making $2.5 million until 2022. And then there's like a few other ones that have expired recently too. So you see, Lou Lamrella graced at contracts. For all the Islanders fans that say, oh, they're not that bad. It's not that horrible. Are the same Islanders fans that say the Leafs signed terrible contracts. Well, Islanders fans, would you rather have those schmucks or Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander? Yeah, you can't be making fun of the Leafs contracts when your team is playing Brock, Mel- Brock Nelson six million until twenty twenty five. Oh God, so stupid! All these dumb people in the league and are the, the same. Oh, Vancouver, nothing wrong with them. They're the best team ever. They're paying. They could have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares all together, but instead they have Tanner Pearson and a bunch of other losers that suck. No offense to Tanner Pearson, of course. Yeah, no offense to Tanner Pearson. Yeah, like, actually, like, all congrats to Tanner Pearson. He completely fleeced the Canucks out of, like, $4 million. Because that's, I think that's like how much he's making. Tanner Pearson, noted best friend of Brendan Leipzig. Yep, noted best friend. <laughs> All right. All right, well, now let's segue. See, look, mine's so much better than yours at her, Steve. Now let's to swerve around this topic into the next one. Now, everybody, let's change the subject because I have no... I no longer have anything to say about it, and I don't want to be, just be standing here like a blubbering idiot. So let's move on. What else can we talk Man. about? Are you standing? Okay, I'm not standing, but it, it's a figure of speech. Oh, the figure of bullshit. Your mom is a figure of bullshit. I'm sorry I said that, Hersty. That was very rude of me. Please forgive me. That was totally uncalled for. I shouldn't have said it. Like, I'm, I'm very sorry, all right? Speaking of a figure of bullshit, uh, Tampa's money. Yeah. Do they have infinite money or something? Tampa and Vegas finding ways around the salary cap since 2017. And the Leafs, too. The Leafs literally hired the guy who helped make the salary cap. Like, they have every exception in the book. Yeah, didn't the Leafs pay, like, over $100 million in salary last year? Yeah, they did, but they failed because they have the guy that made it. They find like yeah. creative ways with the LTIR and stuff like that. So, and like they sign all because they're because the Leafs are rich and all other teams are poor and should die in a hole. The Leafs like they front load all their contracts, so it's so much easier to pay at the end. Mitch Marner made sixteen million in actual salary this year. Leafs in the cap, but right now Tampa's just like. I wonder how they're going to sign Sorelli. Like, what's going to happen? Because 
Yeah, because no one wants Tyler Johnson. They're going to have to give up like a bunch of first-round picks to get rid of all their bad contracts. His teams realize how desperate they are. Now is a perfect time to offer sheet him. I know. Now is. I don't get why no team would do it. I don't. If I was the GM of a team, I'd have balls and actually offer sheet someone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't get why teams won't do it. Yeah. Like, like, the last offer sheet we see was the Hobbs helping the Hurricanes sign Sebastian Ajo to a very good deal. And, like, but you know what? For all we know, like, you don't know. Maybe a bunch of teams did try and offer sheet Sorelli, but he didn't accept all any of them. He want he just wants to sign in Tampa. That's what yeah. happened with Marner. It was reported out that Marner Columbus tried to offer sheet him. Yeah, I think a few why other teams did too. In Columbus. Yeah, why would anybody Columbus? Like if you had to choose Toronto, Columbus, Toronto, Columbus, which one are you taking? I know Brad Marchand's taking Columbus, but I don't know about anyone else. Uh, well. You know, know, maybe bitch boy Jake DeBrusque would take Columbus. Nobody in Toronto likes him. Yeah, no one. All my homies hate Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, Jake DeBrusque's dad is the announcer, so he never gets penalties called on him. So when he does an illegal hit against the Leafs three times, three knee-on-knee hits, and then nothing gets called on him, and Kadri does one hit on him and gets suspended for the whole series, Everyone's like, oh, it's fine because it's Jake DeBrusque. It's the fucking Bruins, and it's the guy whose sons work for fucking NBC. Yeah, if if I was in the NHL, I'd ask my dad to become a ref, and then I just wouldn't get any penalties called on me. Yeah, Louis DeBrusque probably uh, participate, paid for the, the ref's Christmas party. Yeah, he Along definitely. With, uh, Don Sweeney. Yeah. No, Ryan Reeves, he paid for all the ref stuff. Like, Zidane Chara gave the refs a nice gift. Uh, so just a little thank you present. Yeah, for not calling all those obvious penalties on him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mikhail Sergachev, though, what do you think of the deal? Like, do you think it was a good deal, bad deal, horrible deal? It doesn't matter how much you're paying Mikhail Sergachev. You're getting Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah. On a scale of Lulia Morello to Joe Sack, uh, actually, you know, on a scale of Peter Shirelli to Joe Sackick, how good of a GM job was it? Uh, what? Why don't we just on a on a scale of this to this, how good was the deal? And personally, I would say it's Jonathan Drewin type of good, but times ten, because for everyone who doesn't remember. The Habs traded this guy for Druid. Yeah. Had like 17 points last year. I know he was injured, but when he wasn't injured, he was pretty ass. I'd take Sergeyev. I'd take Sergeyev over the ha- the whole Habs roster. Sergeyev would be the best player on the Habs. Yeah, and that five, 4.8, I've seen a lot of people saying it's pretty fair value. I agree. He does like he doesn't really face the toughest of competition because he has a bunch of other guys to do it for him. But he still is pretty good. 
He's only 22. So when this deal does expire in three years, he'll still be an RFA, which is a really good move by Steve Yeiserman. Yeah. And this year in 70 games, 34 points, like he was pretty good. And, and also in 25 playoff games, 10 points, like that's a pretty good defenseman and like pretty good defensively too. That's, that's a $4.5 million defenseman. That's what it is. So it's a yeah. good, it's a good deal. It's not like some of the other deals that we've seen Tampa have, or it's like, Oh wow. Like that's amazing. But, it's not. It's certainly not an overpay, and he's just twenty-two, so we'll definitely grow into the deal too. So mm-hmm. I, I like it. Yeah, and this, this next, uh, you know, you know what? He played for the Habs, the Habs in the Atlantic Division, also Canadian team, just like an almost guarantee for the new Canadian division. Yeah. How perfect was that? Yeah, an almost guarantee for the Canadian division. We've already talked about this a lot, made fun of Canucks fans, made fun of Oilers fans, made fun of Flames fans. Like I say this a lot. If anyone cared about us, we'd have a lot of haters. Like, we'd get so many angry comments and stuff. Yeah. But we don't. You know, like, you know, like I'll know that our podcast has made it when we get a bunch of hate accounts about it, about us. Like when I'm on, if I'm on Instagram and I say accounts like the broken twig podcast sucks ass, that's all I'll know. Like I'll be like, oh my God, like we made it. We're elite. Like we're pretty much like Beyonce in terms of celebrity status. Yeah. And also, it also means that the least third goalie is still better than the Oilers first goalie. Yeah. It does. Screw you, Oilers fans. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that you know that Nico Koskinen is shit, and he will never amount to anything better than a, a decent starter. Yeah. Uh huh. This message is nope's approved. I agree. Well, we might as well just throw Connor McDavid in there because he's your whole team. Might as well. By going off that, your whole team wants to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Connor McDavid, I can't wait until Connor McDavid's deal ends in like four years or five years and he becomes a Toronto Maple Leaf. That'll be awesome. And and they, well, the Leafs could have, the Leafs could have signed Gretzky, just that their ownership sucked at the time. But they should have. Imagine how awesome it would have been if Wayne Gretzky ended his career in Toronto, the greatest sports city in the world. Was that before or after the high stick? I think that was after. That, yeah, it was after. Yeah, was it, he might have got bullied. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You took our championship away. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You suck. Now, well, this all-Canadian division we already talked about in a previous episode, but I really think it's going to be fun and interesting because it's just rivalry after rivalry after rivalry after shit team that's worse than the Leafs after rivalry after teams worse than the Leafs. Yeah, the Leafs, like, if I, in an all-Canadian division, I expect no less than second place from them. And even then, I think that they should I get at least no first. first place. I'll be disappointed if they don't finish first by at least a five-point margin. Yeah, exactly. On, the Leafs... So much better than, they're built so much better than all these other teams. 
They have got crazy depth at forward, crazy depth at goalie, and they now actually got a partner for Morgan Riley. Yeah, the, the Leafs, they should be the best team in Canada. If you look at the rosters, you cannot argue against the fact that the Leafs are the best team in all of Canada and that they should win the All-Canadian division. Now that they've signed TJ Brody and signed a whole bunch of depth guys, I can't find one major glaring issue with the Leafs roster. But for every other Canadian team, I can. Vancouver Canucks have way too many bad guys signed to bad deals. One more, one more. They also have the most overrated player in Canada. Who? Brock Besser. Yeah, but but Elise Pedersen's also really underrated too. So I feel like it kind of balances itself out. Uh, Pedersen is either either overrated or underrated, I find, by most people. There's a lot of people that say he's like a top five center already, and I disagree with that. It's the exact same with Mitch Marner. They're either underrated, if you ask Leafs fans, actually, that's not true. A lot of Leafs fans hate Marner. If you ask ask smart Leafs fans, they'll probably overrate him. If you ask any other person that's not a Leafs fan or a Leafs fan that's over the age of 50 years old, They'll say that they don't like Marner. So, you know, like, you got to find a bit of a balance. Marner's not overrated or underrated. He's overhated. Yeah, that, that's a, that's actually a really good word. Word. A lot of Leafs are overhated, too. Yeah, like, he's, he's, a great, he's a great player. He should be able to get 100 points easily this year if he actually shoots the puck. Yeah, he was injured last year, and many people said that last year he had a down year. And yet he was still on pace for 93 points and somehow found a way to tie his skates while still staying in the play, which I find very impressive. And I can that, even... that stick he took from the trainer and scored, that was pretty Yeah, nice. that was so sick. Mitch Marner Plus is that really Carolina good. Hurricane, the Carolina game. Yeah, he had... Not the the Canes game you're thinking of. We do not talk about that game on this podcast. The fun game that that we like to talk about. The 8-6 one. That 8-6 one where it was a perfect representation of the Leafs. Yeah. Get a a good lead, score a bunch of goals. Oh, blow the lead. Come back, have an amazing comeback and make an amazing clutch game where your fans love. And it was the next-gen kids game. Yeah. No, but... Me and Hirsty, we actually have a really good story about that because it was the next-gen kids game, so it started at, like, 2, but we were in Blue Mountain at the time because it was, like, really close, so it was, like, during winter break and stuff. So we were in Blue Mountain, and we were going skiing during the game, and so we were going skiing, and then Hirsty was like, oh, the Leafs are on. You should check what the score is. So I pull up my phone, and I check, and it's, like, 3 nothing and halfway through the first period. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, my God, like, that's so good. Like, the Leafs are winning by so much. So then we go on a few more runs, and we go down to meet with our parents. And then I, Hirsty's like, oh, you should check the game again. And I check it again, and it's 4-3 Hurricanes. And then I'm like, what in the hell? Like, this team sucks. The Leafs yeah, are so bad. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. So then I think, we, like, after that, we went on, like, one or two more runs, but then it was kind of cold, so we decided to go back. So then we were listening to in the car, and it was, like, back and forth and stuff. But then, so we were in the car outside of our cabin. And then I think, like, someone forgot the keys or something like that, or, like, someone else who was in it with us, like, our other cousins, they took the keys. So we couldn't get in. So we were sitting outside in the car listening to the game. And then Mitch Marner, he had that, like, crazy goal where he did the spin around at Matthews. And we all went crazy in the car. I think that that was the goal where they put, like, in – 
in like within one. Then after that, the Hurricanes, they called the timeout. And then Mitch Marner, he came out five seconds after, just scores. And everyone was going crazy except for my brother because he's a Suns fan, but we don't need to talk about him. And it was just awesome. Like we were all sitting in the car listening to it. Then it took like 20 minutes and we were just listening to the game and the Leafs come back. Then right, and then we could go and we all ran inside and just to watch the end of the game. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. Yeah. Like that's just an amazing story that I can always tell people because it's just yeah. like we're skiing. Pure happiness, then pure freak out, nervousness, and then happiness and excitedness after we come back and play a mate and have this amazing, this amazing thing. It's a yeah. very good. It's a. It's literally Leafs. The Leafs in one game. The Leafs. The organization in one game. Get it? You're doing great. You get everyone's fans' hopes up. You absolutely fucking blow it. And then you come back, you get everyone's hopes up again. They're just missing the part where they actually blow it again and then lose in the playoffs. Yeah. But that came later in the I game. wish every single game was like that. I, I yeah. want high scoring games. I want every single game to be no, six to two. No, but if every game is like that, then it ruins that. Yeah, but like what I mean is like a lot more high scoring. Like I do not like any, like, you know, you know why no one likes soccer? Because every game is one nothing or zero zero. It's super boring. Who wants to watch a bunch of people pass around in their own zone for ninety minutes? No, I want action. That's part of the reason why sports like football and basketball have been surging recently. There's a lot of big plays in basketball. Every like two or three minutes, there's a big dunk or a big block or a three point or something. It's interesting in football. There's so many big plays. It's like big catches, touchdowns interceptions fumbles you know it's a fun game it's back and forth action and it's all and there's a lot of scoring hockey it can be like that there are some games where it's like that like the game we were just talking about but if every game can be like that and it can be really exciting like there's gonna be some boring games there's been a lot of boring football games this year that no one watched but there's also been so many fun games like we were talking about it earlier there's a game between the texans and lines if you're not a football team, those teams have both been really bad this year. It's on Thanksgiving. Game was still really fun to watch. Still back and forth action. Like 12 turnovers. It was really fun to watch just because of how the game is and because there were still some very good players in that game. So if the NHL can have a bunch of games like that, it, the interest in the sport can really grow. Yeah. I completely agree. And, you know, what's great about football is now it's building because the greatest, the best, the best rookie wide receiver in the whole class is Canadian. So it's kind of building to Canada. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, he could beat Randy Moss's record. That would be such a great feat. If a Canadian led the record for touchdowns in their rookie season for foot for the NFL. Yeah, that would be. That would be crazy. It yeah, would just be Moss leading with the record right now. Nobody likes you, Randy Moss. Only all of football likes you. Nobody else. Yeah, exactly. Like the NHL. Like I was yesterday and earlier today, I was listening to a new episode, the Steve Dangle podcast. He was on a show, by the way. Not don't mean to pry, but they had Ken Reed on, and he's sort of an old school hockey star. He was really interesting. He was telling everybody all these great ideas he had, 
to make the game more fun. And they're a bit weird, like they're a bit off, but they're still all very interesting. I could definitely see them make the game, making the game be more exciting. Yeah, for sure. I I could definitely like he had some great ideas, like having only one coach on the bench with no technology, and having, and you know, like he had a bunch of stuff like that, or like having no no review, and like there's a bunch of great ideas, and you listen to them, it's like. Like, that could really work. That could be like that would be like, if they had these rules. It may open up a can of worms. Like it may escalate and completely change the game and make it be not funny more. But I can see a lot of potential for some of those rules to make the game be a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everyone like everyone always poo-poos on the Gretzky area and stuff where it's like, oh, like the goalies suck, like everyone scored. Yeah, but you know what? It was fun to watch. No one, I don't think anyone was bored watching Wayne Gretzky skate around everybody, get a pass for, and then snipe it on goal. No one was bored watching that. No one was bored watching Mario Lemieux just carry the team on his back and just go absolute god mode after coming back from cancer surgery. Uh, everyone was watching that being like, that's amazing. This is the greatest sport on the world, you know? Like, that's what everybody was watching. So, goals goals are fun. You know, there's a few stuff in hockey that's fun. And goals are fun. Great plays are fun. Dangles are fun. Big hits are fun. Fights are fun. But, and the NHL, they need to find ways to exemplify those things to make the game be more fun. But they clearly can't do it with fights because there's been a lot of evidence about how bad they are. And as much as I like fights, I'm not going to go and advocate for CTE or concussions or any of those bad things. So if the NHL can't do that, then they have to find ways to exemplify other stuff like goals, dangles, and what I was saying. Yeah, like no no hits in the OHL has been stuck this year. Everyone's signing with Russia. The OHL is going to be a joke. Yeah, exactly. Because... And big hits. They can find, there's still a big hit. The NHL, they've put a lot of rules to keep players safe and stuff, but there's still a lot of big hits. And you're not going to tell me that when you see me and the big hit, you're not like, ooh, like that's sick. You're not going to tell me that when Alex Ovechkin just went like pow, pow, pow and knocked out Andre Svechnikov, you're not going to tell me that you're like, okay, that was pretty awesome. I hope that Svechnikov's okay, but that was super awesome. Yeah, like, after a crazy goal to tie the game or like a really nice goal, I would say the hypest thing in all of hockey is a massive hit. Like when I see Jake Muzzin come in and destroy someone, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, let's go. And it yeah. energizes the team too. Yeah, you know, when we were watching the playoffs, you know what moment I was like, oh my God, this Leafs team can do it. They didn't actually do it and they did their normal Leafs heartbreak. But you know what moment I saw when Kyle Clifford came in and annihilates on. Maybe it was illegal. Maybe it wasn't. But you're but that hit was awesome. The only illegal thing in that series was Pierre Luc Dubois' cross check, which injured Dick Muzzin. Yeah. Another call against the Leafs, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that was such why don't we talk about how how every year there there's a bad call against the Leafs that screws us over. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really want to go into that because that just labels as, you as whiny and as stuff. As someone we know would say, buy Leafs fan, buy Leafs fan. No, but I don't know, but I don't really like to complain about like the refs blowing a series 
Because what I always say is, if you're Powerful. good enough to win, you shouldn't need to be have the refs on your side to do it. That everyone yeah. always complains about the Vegas and the cross check. If Vegas really deserved to win that game, they would not have given up four goals on one power play. They would have killed off the power play, maybe given up one goal, but they would have ended up winning. So you can't look at that and say the refs hand the Sharks the win. No, they did not. The Vegas handed the Sharks the win by being bad at penalty killing. And the Sharks handed themselves the win yeah. by being uh, uh, That's one of my biggest pet peeves in sports is when you lose a game and you're in the dressing room and people are saying, like, oh, the refs did it. It's not my fault. That's just blame passing and having the and failing to acknowledge your own mistakes and what you could have done better to win. This is annoying. Like last year, the, the Kadri suspension, I was so stupid by Kadri. Kadri was playing the best hockey, some of the best hockey of his career. And he yeah. just fucked himself over. Muzzin exactly. You, there was- and a freak injury after he gets cross-checked in the back and he just he hit his head on the guy's knee or what at back of his knee. Freak injury, he's out. Um, it did, yeah. but overall, it's not the rest fault. The Leafs were pretty. Shit. Yeah, the Leafs were bad. That was a great example, though. When you're talking about Kadri, yes, there were some other stuff on Kadri that definitely should have been called. But Kadri, he should not have done that. Yeah, he's been suspended before. He knows that by doing that, he's gonna put his team at risk and hurt the Leafs. So if he, the Leafs, like they, the refs did not, um. Uh, I can't even talk it. But the refs, they did not hand Boston the series. The Leafs did. And the Leafs made some dumb mistakes and that led to them losing. You know how if you know what to do if you want to win? Don't make dumb mistakes. Slash keep the dumb mistakes to an absolute minimum. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now that I'm done ranting, let's see. There's some other big news, too, because, you know, in the last few weeks, there hasn't really been that much news. But this week, there actually has been some stuff to talk about. Like, for example, uh, this is a pretty big news if you're from Toronto. It's at the Rogers Center, longtime slash Skydome, longtime home of the Toronto Blue Jays. And it was the home of the Toronto Argos and the Toronto Raptors for a bit is closing. Well, it's the owner is planning to demolish it and build a new stadium where it once was. Which is probably the right decision like that. Uh, I love the, the Rogers Center. It's a great uh, place, but it's getting old. Like, it, the shit's breaking down. That's probably why, because they have to pay off for all these replacements and, re, like, fixing it up and stuff. It's so much cheaper to just make a new stadium. Yeah, and really, compared to a lot of people just like it because it's from Toronto. But compared to a lot of stadiums, it's really, like, it doesn't exemplify Toronto. All the other stadiums, they have signature foods and drinks and stuff from the city. But, like, the Rogers Center doesn't really have any. Like, the, for example, in Fenway Rogers Park, they have, like, Italian sausages and stuff. Like every other sports arena. Yeah. If the, if the, um, if the Rogers Center, like, it really wants to do it, it should add, it should add stuff like maybe Jamaican Jerk Kitchen. There's a lot of great restaurants like that or have a bunch of multicultural food. So that's really what Toronto is. It's a really multicultural city. So they should have a bunch of the foods and stuff to exemplify it and have a bunch of local businesses come in and serve food to yeah. stuff. That would be real. Yeah. And to, 
memorable moment moment. Well, we can just say our most memorable moments from actually when we were in the Rogers Center. Like obviously Batista's home run, but we weren't there when the game happened. Uh, yeah. For me, I think the most memorable thing is uh, ice cold beer. You know? Yeah. The vendors that you hear that all the time. You hear the you hear the pitch, you see the play, and then you just hear that over and over and over and over. Huh. Well, I'd probably say my most memorable moment is it was in 2016, the Leafs that the um, Jays at this point, they're a bit of rivals with the Rangers and stuff. And the Jays, they came in, they weren't as good as they were in 2015. They are a wild card team. And I was there in game three of that series versus the Texas Rangers when the Jays swept the Rangers. And I think Josh Donaldson had like a really good play or something and like the walk-up home run. And that was amazing. That was, uh, everyone was cheering. Everyone was loud. That was pro- that was definitely my most memorable moment from when I was at the Rogers Center. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of the games I went to were blowouts against the Jays. I went to two 10-4 games that the Jays lost. I, I went, went to a game It was against the Tigers. I had really good seats. It was like the best seats I'd ever had. And I was like really pumped up. And then it was like Emilio Bonifacio against Justin Verlander. And the Jays, they just got absolutely creamed. It was like 10-1 after the first three innings and stuff. I ended up leaving that game early too because it was a night game. So I was like a bit younger. So I need to go to bed for school. But I remember that game clearly. So I had really good seats. Those were the I was in like the lower bowl. It was the best I'd ever had. And the the Jays they got crushed. Yeah. Okay, well, another topic that so Hersty, anything else you want to say about that? Yeah, uh my actual most memorable moment was uh Probably when on my birthday I went to a game with my um, with some of my family and it was actually it was a pretty fun game but the best part was like after and before you know it was it was just great being there and I'll just yeah. remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, like I used to be oh. a, a lot bigger of a Jays fan than I was a Leafs fan. I I used yeah. to be a really big Jays fan, like I knew a lot about baseball. But more recently, I've become more of a Leafs fan. But, like, yeah, I've been to a lot of games at the Rogers Center. Also, I'll always remember going to Rubba to get snacks and smuggling them into the game. <laughs> yeah. Because the I'm thing is... We're still going to do that. If Jay's tickets are all, have always been the cheapest. This is a joke. I will still do that in future games. Me too. I definitely but... will. You don't go, you, it wouldn't be a baseball game if you don't sneak food from outside in. Yeah. You know, and also the thing about the Rogers Center and like baseball games is there's so many and there's a lot more seats. So it's always really cheap. Recently, the tickets have gone a lot more expensive, but it's still really cheap. Like you can get a ticket in the 500 for like 20 bucks or something. And in the NHL for the Leafs, a ticket in, in the upper bowl, that's still like 150 bucks. Yeah, what's funny is you can buy a Leafs jersey for the price of a ticket. Yeah. You can buy three Steelers jerseys for the price of a Leafs ticket. Yeah, well, that's another topic that I want to get to. Is I feel like uh, hockey jerseys are way too expensive. 
I do not think that Jersey should be $250. And I think it's a real failure on the NHL's part about it. Because hockey jerseys, they have the most potential of any other sports to be cool and have cool logos and stuff. Because in football, it's really just the number and the player's name. There's not even the logo just like small on the top of the jersey or on the shoulders and stuff. In the MLB, it's the exact same thing. It's like just their number and then has the team's name and letters and stuff. Like that's not interesting. In the NBA, there are some cool jerseys. There's like the city jersey, but it's really the same. It's just like their number and a lot of the time, it's not the team's actual logo. It's just like the logo and text and stuff. But the NHL, they have potential for all really cool logos. And as much as we made fun of the Ducks for that logo, that really shows what you can do with an NHL jersey. Like looking at all the reverse retros, there's some really cool stuff in that that originally I may not have liked, but it's fun. And that's what the NHL has on other leagues with its jerseys, is it can do fun jerseys. It can do Purple Kings jerseys with an old-style logo. Like, it can do Ducks jerseys with the mascot running up and stuff. So that's... And if the NHL can make the jerseys be cheaper, like, even make it be $150, that would make a very big difference. Yeah. And I feel it, and it would be, even though it's a lot cheaper, it would benefit them a lot because I think that they'd sell a lot more jerseys. I have so many more jerseys if they were cheaper. You want to know my jerseys? One of my jerseys was a present. The other I got at a bar mitzvah, and the other I got from a Chinese website. If jerseys were just $150, I'd have so many more jerseys. But because they're so expensive, it's so hard to get it them. And most of the time, you just end up getting them off some knockoff website or something. Yeah, like football jerseys, it's 100 bucks per jersey, and there's always, like, a lot of sales and stuff on the website. Yeah. So I'll be paying, like, 70 bucks for my jerseys, the Claypool jersey that I'm getting. And to get, like, a – if Claypool was on the Leafs, to get a Claypool Leafs jersey, it'd be, like, 300 bucks. Yeah, Exactly. I I totally agree. See, football, it's a bit different, though. It's a popular sport, too. Yeah. If anything, football jerseys should be more expensive. Yeah, because the fans are a lot more hardcore and would be a lot more willing to buy. But it's it's a bit different, though, because the material, like I was talking about, like the jerseys are different stuff. But still, I don't get why jerseys can't be $150. And it's even a big difference between youth and adult jerseys. Youth jerseys, like $120, and adult jerseys are $250. You're telling me it's that big of a difference? Yeah. I don't think so. Just make it be $150 and then have some sales sometimes and stuff. And, like, sometimes it'll be, like, 100 I was looking on the NHL.com website for some jerseys. Even with sales, the cheapest jersey was still like $120. That's like that's pretty much the same price as the most expensive NFL jersey. So anyways, that's another one of my rants for today. And now I'll move on to the third one, which is the topic that I want to talk about. And it's another one of my pet peeves, and it's something that kind of bugs me, is William Nylander is Canadian. Yeah. Just he's like, Canadian. Uh, the Hughes are... Uh, yeah. William, William Nylander was born in Canada, so spent most of his life in Canada and the USA. He 
his his you can say oh his parents are from Sweden no his parents have lived in Canada and America for most of their lives because his dad was in the NHL I'm pretty sure his dad currently works for like some team or something William Nylander has spent most of his life in Canada and America he wasn't even born in Sweden. He spent three years in Sweden from age 15 to 18. And then he was drafted by the Leafs and went right back to Canada. So give me one reason. I want people to give me one reason why William Nylander is Swedish. Yeah, exactly. He's not Swedish. He's Calgarian. Yeah, he is a good Canadian kid like Sidney Crosby and Mitch Marner. And if you're saying that William Nylander is Swedish, by that same argument, Giannis Atetokounmpo is Nigerian. He's the Nigerian freak, not the Greek freak. Yeah. And you know why he's Greek? And also, oh yeah, and by the way, by that exact same argument, that means that the Hughes brothers are Canadian. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know why uh, he's the Greek freak and not the Nigerian freak? Why? Because a certain Masai Ujiri, who some of you may know, was the one who actually brought uh, Giannis's family to Greece. He did? I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it might, I think it was like a bigger thing that he brought a bunch of families. It may have been, but I'm like 90% sure that one of them was Giannis's family. That's just not, Giannis to Toronto not, confirmed. This is the Stephen A. Smith podcast where we spit bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Stephen A. Smith. But yeah, William Nylander is Canadian. He was born in Calgary. He spent mo- most of his life in Canada and America. If you ranked all of the countries that William, ne- by the how much time William Nylander has spent in it, it would be Canada. It would actually, it would be Canada, America, Sweden. Sweden would be in third place. His dad has lived in Sweden for a while. So I don't get why people think that William Nylander is Swedish. He's a yeah. good Canadian kid. Exactly. So I'm um, William. Oh, my computer's so slow. I'm trying to pull something up. But, okay. Well, whatever. So talk Ribbit. I just need to get something for a second to prove my point. Just talk about how everyone is wrong and we are the only right people in the world. Uh, Nobody's trying to work on his segues. So why don't we talk of uh, the first... Oh, shoot. I just realized I was muted. Okay. Well, what I said was uh, today, uh, Sarah Fuller became the first female to play in a Power 5 football game. I couldn't find it, but something else that I want to just talk about is that it it was a book. and William Nylander, when he was in Sweden, he did not have a good time in Sweden. In Sweden, his play style wasn't like how people normally played. He frequently got benched or healthy scratch and didn't get a lot of playing time. He did not have a good time when he was in Sweden. So yeah, why would that? that? You hear that, all you William Nylander likers? This youngins over here, he got benched in Sweden, which means he should be benched on the list too. 
overrated. Trade him. He's too fancy. He doesn't play defense. Doesn't hit. Get him the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't. If you say that William Nylander is Swedish, you are wrong. William Nylander. People that say Nylander should be traded. Yeah, exactly. It's a dumb and dumber situation. That's one of the biggest propaganda things in all of human history, that William Nylander is Swedish. He is Canadian. Yeah. It's pretty bullshit. I know. He he plays on Sweden's national team. Yeah, he plays on Sweden's national team, but he is Canadian. And there are a lot of players that their second nationality is not. They play for whatever country is their second nationality. They play for someone that their parents were born just because it would be easier to get onto that team. Because Canada, their team is always super stacked. So it's a lot harder to play for Canada than this for, say, Sweden. So, we, But there, like, there are a lot of people that are like that, where they, even though, or they may even like identify that like they may say like, "Oh, I'm from America," but they still play for the whatever country their parents are from and stuff. Yeah, did didn't Brett Hall do that? Yeah, exactly. Brett Hall was born in Canada, but he still plays for Amer for USA internationally. So, so yeah, William Nylander, he is Canadian. You can. I, you could even say that he's American more than he is Swedish. You could make the argument that William Nylander is American and not Swedish. But I'm saying that he's candid. And, and like, just think of it. If William Nylander was, if everyone knew the truth and said, and everyone knew that he was actually Canadian, he would be perceived so differently. So instead of being, oh, this Swedish soft player that can't go to the net and blah, 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 he, everyone would know him as the great kids that decide to go back home and play in Canada for the Leafs and for the Leafs yeah like everyone would know him as that instead of what he is currently known as the narrative around him would be just so much different yeah well I think that might be do you have anything more to talk about there's not much more news really yeah, there's not much news, but we could go over some cap friendly mock trades. Those are always fun. Maybe we could we did that last time though. Yeah, we we haven't really done we haven't had an episode in a bit. I think it's fun to do some of them. So let's go okay. over some mock trades. And look well, 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 <laughs> well, well. The first one is a Nylander trade. And, and it's Calgary. It's to Calgary because he's going home to where he was born. Yeah, and it's a stupid ass fucking trade. <laughs> William Nylander. That's by Flames fan nineteen. What a surprise. <laughs> William Nylander for Sam Bennett, Dylan Dubé, oh, wait, and wait, it can't even happen because the the Leafs will uh, exceed the twenty three roster player limit. Yeah, and the flame it would make the Flames be over the cap because it's Sam Bennett and. Dylan Dubé and a first-round pick for William Nylander, the Maybe most. Maybe un- done this six years ago. It's a bit well, outdated now. Sam <laughs> Bennett's no longer a fifth overall pick. He's a bum. William Nylander, the second most underrated player in the league behind Jared Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Fight me on that. I dare you. Fight me on that. 
I don't agree with that fully, but it's fine. We can look at another trade, which is Leafs. Wait. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Uh, where's our friends? Oh, I can't find any of our friends. That sucks. Hey, I found one by Real Canna. Yeah, I know. I found that one before. Uh, Chiclet DLC description. What? What does that even mean? Okay, well, actually, I have one. This is one is buy something that has Leafs in their thing, in their name. And, ooh, it's called Leafs 2020 with Connor McDavid Trade 2. It's by Lindsay Leafs. Leafs. So, it, it is Connor McDavid for William Nylander, Travis Boyd, Justin Hall, Callie Rosen, and three first-round picks for Connor McDavid. Now, I'm not going to lie. Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. And I and this is definitely less, and this is probably even less than fair value for him because of those first round picks, they'll most likely be a very high, low first round picks. So it's basically seconds, and it's a very small chance that you'll get someone even close to how good Connor McDavid is with those picks. But this is a type, this is a basketball type trade where you trade your entire team just for one player. But it could be really bad for them. like the Clippers. They trade like seven first round picks. For Paul George, but now Paul George didn't really work out, and their team looks kind of screwed in the future. Yeah, exactly. This trade, I'm not even going to lie, this is definitely a bit of a biased Leafs fan trade. Connor McDavid is worth way more than this, but plus the Leafs, the thing is, with this trade, the Leafs wouldn't even need McDavid because they already ha- they'd have three very good centers. So to make the Connor McDavid trade happen, they'd probably have to trade John Tavares or Austin Matthews with them. But Austin Matthews, as we all know, is basically best friends with Connor McDavid. So we'd keep him. Yeah. So we'd probably do, like, instead of Nylander, we'd probably do Tavares, and we'd just add someone a bit better. Like, instead of Boyd, we'd do Abramov or Argachinsev or something. Yeah, and then we'd Connor the- Matthews, McDavid, uh, not Matthews, uh, another McDavid trade. Right here by Maple Leaf Queens. And the trade is Connor McDavid and Philip Kemp, basically a throw-in, for Austin Matthews, 2021 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, 2023 seventh-round pick. Now, I don't know about you, but actually, this is a trade I would actually consider saying no to. What was it again? McDavid and Philip Kemp for Matthews, two first-rounders and a seventh-rounder. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say it because the thing is, the Leafs kind of cancel out, right? Yeah, they pretty much cancel out. But the thing is, I probably would say no because Austin Matthews he could get better, and the Leafs they've kind of they've committed to Matthews, they've committed him as their franchise player. So this trade it really doesn't accomplish anything for them, and they're just giving up two first. I'm not saying that Matthews is better than McDavid. McDavid is way better. But we need our draft picks, like. What it what it what happens if it's a late first round pick and it just becomes Sandine and Robertson again? Would you trade Matthew Sandine and Robertson for McDavid? Hell no. Yeah, like this trade, they've already committed to Matthews, so it doesn't really make sense for them to just trade him like that. Uh, and this trade it may make the Leafs a bit better, but I really think that in terms of locker room chemistry, and it really also like whenever you trade one of your top players, it really uh, does a number on the locker room chemistry. And the players, because it really sends a bad message about the team and what direction they're going in. Yeah. So I really don't think it's good. But 
I have another trade. This is by Lindsay Leafs again. Now, normally on here, we we roast like biased Oilers fans or biased Canucks fans, but this time we have a biased Leafs fan. So it's time to roast one of our own kind. Connor McDavid and Ryan McLeod for William Nylander, Alexander Kerfoot, and a 2021 first-round pick. Okay, we're not even going to look at this dumbassery now because yeah, because this this is just ending, this is just making all Leafs fans look bad, and this is this is one of the reasons why people think that every Leafs fan is oh. super biased. Ah, uh, yikes! I found a, a realistic Leafs trade by TG28. No, I'm sorry. If I'm the Leafs, you'd have to be dumb to take this. Like, what's the trade? Rasmus Dalin for Martin Marincin. Imagine thinking Dalene's <laughs> worth Marinton's value. You're stupid. That's one of the dumbest trades I've ever. Is the goat. He's the best player in the world. If you try and trade Dalene for Marinton, that's like trying to trade a Cody CC for Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr. That's no. Oh, that's such a dumb trade. This is not real. Like that's one of the least realistic I've ever trades I've ever seen. And then, okay, but actually, I think that that trade is actually supposed to be a parody because someone else posted something. It's called Realistic Leafs Trade. Get ready for this. You may scream a bit. Austin Matthews for Casey Middlestad, Kyle Akpozo, Colin Miller. That's it. No one else. You're trading your franchise player for a bust prospect a ver- and two very bad contracts. Seems like an amazing deal. I can just tell from your silence that you. What could you tell from my silence? Could you tell from my silence that I thought I was muted? Could you tell from my silence that I was eating an almond? No, you could not. Well, I hope you enjoyed your almond. I hope that the Leafs never do that trade, that that person never gets a job with an NHL team. Oh, this is by H-N-I-H-B-J-K, and it's, Barzell, not Barzell, Barzell. Ooh, Barzell, he's my favorite Islanders player. Barzell. Barzell, Barzell, and Andrew Ladd for Matt Dumba, Zach Parise, and Jordan Greenway. And the first. You can't forget the first. That's a terrible trade. Yeah, but the thing is. That's got a lot of cap space involved. That's That's pretty enticing to Lou. Yeah, Zach Prize sounds like a deal that Lou Lamarella would do because Zach Prize, I'm not really sure, but I know he's making like seven and a half million for four more years, even though he's still like 35. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jordan Greenway, he's a decent young player, could turn to a pretty solid third liner. Uh, yeah. What the hell? This is my bar down shooter. Abs get goalie. Why do the Avs need a goalie? I don't know. Some people don't think that Philip Grubauer is good enough. But personally, I think he is. Francois is a good backup. Grubauer is a good starter. Why would they need Jordan overrated Shittington? Yeah. So they traded JT Confer, Connor Timmons, Martin Kelly, and the 2023 first-round pick for Jordan Bennington. Oh, God. So, First of all, I think that this is a really big overpay considering the market for goalies and how their trade value has really gone down because you're trading away JT Confer. This contract's a bit of an overpay. It's not too bad, and you can play on your third line. 
for two solid like B minus to B plus prospects plus a future first round pick. If they've been in the future and the Avs should be cup champions by then, but it's still a first round pick for Jordan Bennington, who's coming off a pretty bad year where he struggled, especially in the playoffs. And and he's going to be a UFA in a year anyways, so they might not even re-sign him. So, yeah, this yeah. trade's just not that good. Well, I found another trade which looks probably going to be biased. I haven't looked at it yet. By Suzuki14, so they're obviously a has-been. Has and leaves. Crazy insane, crazy insane trade between rivals with way too many assets. How much do you want to bet one of the Leafs four is in here? Or five, including Riley. I bet you that William Nylander gets traded here. I would bet five dollars yeah. on that. Oh my god! And this is just a stupid trade, too. Like, why would the Leafs do this? They're acquiring five shit players. Okay, so this trade, like, I kind of don't even want to go over it because by the time I finish saying everything, you're just gonna forget it. It's just like basically trading everyone's team for each other. So no, this is no, the- no. It's trading all the Habs third and fourth liners for all the Leafs first and second liners. Okay, so this trade, Robertson, it's- Amirov. Lilligren, Hyman, Nylander, Muzzin, and Campbell. Now, with that list, you'd be expecting at least prime price plus, right? Yeah. And prime Weber. Nope. Yol Armia, Paul Byron, two guys. Paul Byron's good. Armia, shit. Brett Kulak, shit. Josh Anderson, overrated, overpaid, shit. Jake Allen, shit in a few years, old. And then a first, 2021 first, 2022nd first, 2021, 20. And three 2021 thirds. Now you'd be thinking, oh, it's Montreal. That 2021 first is going to be a high round. No, it's not going to be high when you get Zach Hyman, William Nealand, or Jake Muzzin, uh, and Gamble all for this year. The team's yeah. going to be much better. Plus, they're trading their three best prospects anyway. So, like, the picks kind of cancel each other out because the first round picks, like, you'll probably get people that are at the level of Amirov, Robertson, and Lilligren. Nope. But it's nope. only two of them. Nope. And the third, it's a long shot that you'll get anyone that can make as big of an impact as those are projected to be. Then if you eliminate that, it's Jack Campbell, Jake Muzzin, William Nylander, and Zach Hyman. for Joel Armia, Paul Byron, Brett Kulak, Josh Anderson, and Jake Allen. And Josh Anderson is making $5.4 million for seven more years, coming off a season where he was basically injured for the entire time and only scored one goal. Sorry, I gotta see the, the, the comments on this. Yeah, I know. The comments are always the best part. Sorry, this was a test that I accidentally published. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, you know something's wrong. Real Kenna replied to their comment and said, This is happens when you misclick. 47 times <laughs> in a row. Then press enter. Yeah. Just liked it. You know it's a bad, you know it's a bad trade when real Ken is in the comments saying how bad. Real Ken is actually a good person. They made joke trades. Yeah, I feel too. Because when all the dumb trades, I always see them in the comments, like saying how dumb the trade is. Yeah. Oh yeah, someone said Leafs Leafs decline. (laughs) Kobe to the rescue. (laughs) Kobe Niamla. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Okay, well, but by the way, for anyone saying that we're being biased, we made equally as fun as that person, Lindsay Leafs, that made that con- yeah. that really dumb Connor McDavid trade. So don't say that we are biased. Who wins? Who wins? This is by CJ Kelly. Who wins? Oh, Marner a Pred. 
Uh, oh, God. Okay, before we talk about this, I'm just going to say who the players on national, like the people are, by saying what they are. So I'm going to, it's Mitch Marner in a fifth for overrated, not good anymore shit, getting really old, not a great defenseman anymore, and first round pick and third round pick. Who do you think those two players are? Now, with the first one, the forward, it's probably pretty hard because like their whole team is that. Olds, overrated, not very good. Who do you think? Huh, well, you know, I looked at the trade now, but based on that, I'd probably say Ryan Johansson or v- Victor Arvinson or Matt Duchesne. Yeah, and it's Arvinson. And then Matias Ekholm. Those guys, I wouldn't even trade Nylander for those guys. Actually, I would, but I don't know. Like, I like Uncle Ekholm, but the thing is, he's a lefty. We don't really need him. I don't like trading any of the core four. I, like I said earlier, it never sends a good message to your team when you trade one of your core players. Yeah, we don't need Arvidsson either. You trade one of your core players, you're basically saying, oh, we've given up on you guys. Yeah, like it never and sends a good message. And they give up on their and then they give up on the team. Yeah, it, it's never good. And I don't, like, whenever I, I, unless the Leafs are getting, like, amazing value, I don't think any trade for William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, or John Tavares, or Morgan Riley are good because there's no point in trading them. And the, Kyle Dubas, he said, he's rolling with what you got. And if he just decides that he's not going to do it, it's not a good look. It's really not. Well, I think this might be a good time to end it, especially after that horrible, horrible Leafs trade. I don't know what's going on. Like Real Kenneth said, 52 misclicks, and then they pressed enter because uh, Liam Nylander is worth more than Kulak, Byron, and all those losers combined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real Kenneth, you know, like at first we were making fun of and stuff, but we, we, he might actually be right. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you can do the uh, outro now, Nobs. All right, everybody. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember to rate us and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, uh, can't hit his receivers properly. Continue. Shut up, Hursty. And Twitter at the Broken Twigs and Broken uh, Broken and Twig podcast. Post a lot of stuff there, especially on Twitter, always posting very funny stuff. and. In my opinion, it's funny. It might be not funny at all and complete shit. But feel free to leave any hate count comments you want. And we hope that, we, like we said, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Rate us, whatever. And also, we have a new intro had on last episode. Have it on this episode, too. So we hope that you enjoy the new intro. It's, I think it's pretty good. So thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.